production of GopherPuckLive.com. Now, let's join Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. I'm your host, Jupiter, and of course with me again this week is Hammy and Vigo. How's it going, guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Going well. Well, that's good, that's good. How's the baby, Viggs? Uh, she's doing well. She's getting more active every day, but she's doing great. Well, that's great, that's great. When are you going to have a family, Hammy? <laughs> Uh, you, I'll get it right on. I, hey, it's not like I don't try. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. All right, guys. Well, it's been a couple weeks. You know, the Gophers had the week off last week. But before then, they participated in the icebreaker. And, uh, Hammy, it was pretty successful, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you, I mean, you never really entirely know what to expect when you're starting off a season. And you only had, like, a week of practice. So uh, it's kind of nice to get some of that... Uh, the first game, you know, the first weekend out of your system and, you know, you feel a little bit more comfortable with what you have out there and get a little bit of ice time under under your belt. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously getting two wins is certainly important, especially non-conference because you never know how things are going to shake out at the end of the year with pairwise. So, it's, uh, yeah, it was a successful weekend. Viggs, a uh, great start over UMD, but then uh, the Bulldogs came back and made quite a game of it. Yeah, I think UMD last year proved that they had a lot of offensive energy and, and they were able to outshoot a lot of teams last year as they ended up doing to the Gophers in that first game. And, you know, they've got some uh, firepower, so you can't count them out. And the Bulldogs kind of played similar, you know, even last weekend. Started slow and then played much better throughout, you know, the rest of their games with Mankato. So maybe that's the type of team Bulldogs are, just kind of a slow starting team. Who knows? But it, but it was a good test for the Gophers, you know, I think, at least. Well, I mean, they have, I mean, UMD is always going to give Gophers, you know, a, a tough time because it's a rivalry thing and they're going to work hard and, you know, they're not going to generally ease up uh, against the Gophers. So, you know, you're going to get, you know, maybe not necessarily their best every time, but you're going to get a good effort out of them. So yeah, I think for the first game, that's certainly going to help set the tone for the year and hopefully the guys will, I mean, we're going to have a target on our back this year, you know, I mean, no matter who we play. So they might as well get that kind of a you know situation right out of the gates and uh, get accustomed to it. I agree. They are going to have a target on their backs all year long. You know, preseason number one, blah blah blah. All the returning players, you know, Wilcox and Net. It's uh, they will have the target on their back for the entire season. But you know, they they get the four three win over UMD, and then they followed it up a couple of days later with a three nothing victory over RPI. It seemed like a little more of a tilted game than the than the Bulldog game. But uh, all in all, it was a good result, huh, Aviks? Yeah, I think so. I think the, the one thing coming out of that game that was interesting is they, they did have to kill five penalties. Uh, so you saw their penalty kill. Um, you saw you know the kind of changes Lucia is going to make to the lineup um, from Friday you know, to Saturday or Sunday throughout the season. Um, he's been talking about having – kind of pairs of forwards who he expects to play together most nights and then kind of shuffle other guys around. So I think those are the kind of things you'll be able to see throughout the year. And, of course, Wilcox played really, really well. And he did shuffle quite a few guys. You know, that that 
the what was that? I believe the Friday game. Would they have one freshman in the lineup? Maybe it was just was it just Collins? I believe. No, it was yeah. Glover. It might yeah, be Glover. Glover. It was Glover. Yeah, I'm Glover. sorry, not Glover. Glover. Got to make sure I say it right. I believe he was the only one in the lineup Friday. And he played quite a few uh, older lineup that day. And then Sunday, he mixed in a couple few more uh, guys on D and a couple other guys here and there. Is that what he's probably going to be doing for the first part of the season, Hammy? Well, I mean, I think more than likely, I think especially, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to deal with that defensive rotation. I mean, we know that uh, there's going to be some guys in the lineup every night, but it's just a matter of what are they going to do with those underclassmen, you know, the, the five underclassmen we have and who's going to, you know, kind of get to see the ice. And certainly it's important to get those freshmen some ice time because you never know if injuries are going to pop up or whatever, and you have to make sure that they're prepared for, uh, you know, what they're going to face as, as we go on to the season. So, I'm suspecting that we'll see kind of that type of rotation with a defense at least, uh, you know, early in the season. What do you think, Viggs? Are you going to keep rotating? Yeah, I think they'll keep rotating guys through. I think it'll be um, interesting to see uh, where uh, Leon Burstett slots in the lineup. I know he was uh, with Rowan Fashing uh, in practice today. Uh, whether he stays there for the weekend at all, that'll be interesting to see. I think that first line uh, left wing spot is there's a lot of guys competing for that because I think Connor Raleigh can slot in there, Sam Warning can slot in there, um, and then that kind of has a trickle down effect on the lineup. It definitely does. It's you know I it's I think it's going to affect the fourth line the most because obviously you know one of those guys will get put out somewhere or maybe he'll do what he's done in the past, you know, keep the extra defenseman and maybe just kind of keep two forwards to make a piecemeal fourth line during, during the season. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It sounds to me like Michelson and Isaacson might get a shot to stick there for a little bit um, based on the lineups we saw last weekend and, and the way Lucci has kind of been talking about it. He wants those upperclassmen to kind of own those roles if they can. And, you know, he'll give them first shot at it. Well, Hammy, you know, we do have a question from Jeremy Zayer asking, who loses out with Bristed returning to the lineup? Who will he be paired with? You know, Vigo kind of thought saw who he was paired with today, but uh, who is the unlucky guy who will not be playing due to Bristed coming back, do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I don't really, you know, honestly, I, I don't know how to answer that because, you know, I don't know how they're going to handle the lower line stuff. I mean, I, I, I really am not at all surprised that they would put Bristed uh on the top line. I, I just think that he's got that kind of talent. I, I, everything I had heard about him, you know, when he, after he committed it, I, they didn't recruit him to come in and be a grinder. I mean, he was going to be a, a scoring forward role and uh, he just has that kind of talent. So I think that they'll certainly give him a great opportunity to play on that top line. I, you know, I know maybe Lucia isn't going to commit to it, but I would am not at all surprised if he plays for a little while on that. As far as, I mean, I'm sure Connor Riley would be my guess that he'd get knocked down maybe to that second line. I don't know, you know, what they're going to do with the lines exactly. But, um, you know, I, I'm i excited to see what he can do, especially on that top line. Care to take a guess, Viggs? Who's the odd man out? I, I would think Bristow would get a shot at some point playing up there, especially with it being uh, Bemidji. It's not exactly one of the top teams in college hockey, so it might be an opportunity to, to get him out there. Um, but again, Lucio is very uncommittal on what he was going to do. I think um, Jason Gonzalez um, had wrote that um, Brissett was going to play on Friday, and listening back to it, it didn't sound like that was definitely the case. I think he'll play this weekend, 
but it didn't sound to sh- to me that it was going to be for sure on Friday. Yeah, you just never know what Lucia is going to do. <laughs> you just never know. Yeah, and he had mentioned playing seven defensemen too, so you know we could see that as well. Uh, another question via Twitter: Neil Elder is wondering, is depth going to be an issue this year? What do you think, Viggs? Is depth going to be a problem? Uh, only in goal, if it. Becomes an issue. <laughs> but I think you know, throughout the forwards and the defensemen, they've they've got talent throughout. Um, they've got some older players who can who can pl- provide the depth and play in limited roles. Um, I heard Lou Nanny this week kind of saying, "There's no team in college hockey that's deeper, and they should be the favorite every night." And it's kind of hard to disagree with them on that. I'm guessing you probably feel the same way, huh, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, the reality is that I mean, you have defensively you have eight guys that have been drafted by the NHL. Granted, some of them are young, but I mean, you can handle an injury or two. I mean, depending, of course, who it is. I mean, obviously, you would prefer not to lose a guy like Riley, for instance. But um, you know, they're certainly capable of handling some things back there. And I had forward. I mean, I. You know, I think that they have three lines that can, you know, threaten to score every game. I mean, I obviously you're going to get a little bit more on the top six, but uh, certain that line with like Boyd and Ambrose. I mean, those guys are, you know, really they could be second line players on a lot of teams, and maybe even first line on some of the you know weaker teams in college hockey. So I mean, it's just a, you know a very deep team. I, you know, the fourth line that's the question mark a little bit, but I mean re- the reality is that as long as they work hard and they don't give up goals and they chip in on the occasional goal here or there. That's all you can really ask from those guys. Remember, if you are listening live to us and want to send us questions via Twitter, just use the hashtag GPL podcast and we'll try to get your question or topic on the air. One thing I wanted to get into tonight, guys, is the rest of the Big Ten. It is not looking good this year. And I know the one thing that stands out so far are the Badgers, Hammy. They are bad so far. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I remember we talked about this last year, early in the year. I mean, I was kind of like, you know, the Badgers really need to take advantage of what they have last season because it could be a good year or two before they're really even going to be much of a threat again. And um, I'm not terribly surprised. I mean, it's still really early, of course, but they really didn't have a hell of a lot of great, talent coming back, at least at forward. I mean, um, LeBate was their best scoring forward coming back, and to me, he's a third-line player in college hockey. He's not a, a top-line center like he, that he is there, at least early in the season, that's what they've had him doing. And um, You know, the young guys, you just never know what you're going to get, and, and they have such a, a large uh, freshman class that, I mean, there's going to be some major growing pains there. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, by the end, you know, by the second half, they'll be playing better and whatever. It's like, okay, that's probably true. But at the same time, if you're starting off terribly and you just get a little bit better, you're still not good. So, I mean, it's, I don't think that they're going to have a year where they're going to be really contending for the NCAAs. Viggs, Badgers are 0-4 and have been outscored 11-3 to so far this year. Is Eves in trouble? Well, I think he has to be. I mean, we've talked about their attendance quite often, and uh, oh, yeah. it's becoming an issue probably for them there. Um, and, you know, they have a chance to go 0-6 here with North Dakota coming to town. Uh, so it's gonna, it's a rough start, and they have a really young roster. So it, it could be a couple of weeks before they start to sort things out. 
Well, I think the other thing is is that Eves, I think he just signed a contract extension not long ago. I don't know if it was last year or when it was, but so I he, I think he's signed through like 2019 or I don't I know. I think you're right. And so I've, you know, I don't see them getting rid of the guy. And they do have, you know, a couple pretty good recruiting classes, you know, in the future. And, um, you know, a lot of times, as we saw with Ohio State, if you get rid of a coach, you know, certainly some of the recruits are likely going to bail on you. And so I, I just think that would be a mistake at this point. Plus, to be honest with you, I feel a little more comfortable with Mike Eves in Wisconsin than <laughs> having somebody else come along that's better than him. So by all means, keep him. That's my feeling. <laughs> oh, Phil Johnson just asked via Twitter, will the Big Ten be able to send two teams to the NCAAs this year? I don't think so. I think Minnesota is really the only team that stands out. And I even saw, you know, old Cardinal was tweeting, you know, what's the over-under on uh, Big Ten teams making the tournament this year? He'd have put it at one and a half. Well, I think a lot of it's just going to come down to, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say the Gophers will be one, but, I, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in that at the end of the season you get to the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, that's an auto bid. So, I mean, yep. you have that opportunity there. Um, you know, I mean, the Gophers should be favored to win that, but nonetheless, you never know in a one-game situation. So there's that possibility. Um, I'm still not really ready to give up on, uh, you know, a few of these teams like a Michigan or whatever. I mean, it, maybe they're not storming out of the gates great, but, you know, there's some talent there. So I, I, I just think it's a little – I mean, we're only a couple weeks into the season, so let's just see how things play out for a couple months, and then we can kind of have a better idea of what's going to happen. Well, there are yeah. some odd things going on in college hockey right now. You I mean you had Michigan last week get blown out by UNH at Yost five to one, and you know a week before that, or was it maybe last weekend, where, where Bemidji State did the same thing to North Dakota at Ralph Angelstead Arena. So it, there is quite a bit of parity, but there's no doubt that the Big Ten is down this year, Viggs. Yeah, I mean, who knows what we're going to see out of Michigan, Michigan State. Um, I think we both thought that they would finish ahead of the Badgers this year when we kind of broke down our preseason. And, you know, it is early. I think college hockey is one of the the weird uh, sports where there's not a lot of practice time before they start playing these games. You know, and you can't really work on your power play and penalty kill and and figure out what you have as a coach. So I think it takes a while to kind of see what kind of hand you've been dealt and, and figure out who to play and how to play. So. I think that's you know one of the reasons you saw such a weird first week, and for a team like Minnesota with the non-conference schedule kind of opening up the the season, you know it, it'll identify where they're going to be in the pairwise. I think for the most part, because all these comparisons um, really come out with the non-conference games. Definitely so, definitely so. But you know, my opinion. Minnesota is really the only Big Ten team this year, and it, and it could hurt Minnesota later on when it comes to those final pairwise rankings. You know, with the, with the league being so down and we play so many games towards the end of the season, that will affect their pairwise rankings. You know, with strength of schedule. Well, I think you just—it's just a matter of you got to keep winning. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just basically what it comes down to. There might be a little bit more pressure yep. to continue to win and not, you know, screw up against any of the the Big Ten teams that are definitely not, you know, going to be lower in the lower rung on the ladder. So, I mean, you just have to make sure you take care of your business. Um, I think it's fair to say that there's no excuses for the Gophers to not win the Big Ten title this year. I mean, really, there just isn't. I mean, they got so much talent back. 
And uh, the way that the rest of the league is kind of shaken out, I mean, it, there should be no excuse. So we'll see what happens, though. Well, moving. They, go ahead, Vince. And they want to get they want to get that fourth ring. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I, I think that is a little goofy with all the rings and whatnot. But that's just what the schools do these days. I well, think they're going to do it. It's nice for the players. So yes. What you're gonna you're gonna be one of those haters? Like, what was it like? Somehow that's going to, like, make them, like, less motivated to win the national title if they get, like, no, a regular no. ring, or what's the problem? I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a little goofy, but, you know, it, it it's not a big deal to me. I I thought it was a little odd that, you know, you know, Wisconsin did it for the Big Ten Championship last year. I thought, I think a regular season title means a lot more than a playoff title just because you did it for the whole season. But that's just the way I feel. I mean, it, it's, no, not a, I, it's not a big deal. No, I give you that. To me, that... I don't know. I think the whole playoff scenario when it comes to conference stuff is overplayed. I just think it's, I mean, unless you really need to win it to get in, I just think that that whole conference tournament stuff, it's overrated in my opinion. I'd rather to see a great regular season and then, you know, <clears throat> hopefully you do well, of course, in the NCAAs. But as far as the conference tournament goes, I have always felt that's a bit overrated. Well, the non-conference continues this weekend when Bemidji comes to town. Uh, overall, Minnesota is 16-1-1 and against the old Beavers from Bemidji. Um, let's take a listen to what Lucia said today during the media conference. Is everyone healthy? Uh, yeah, we're 100% healthy, ready to go. The first line, obviously, they had success with Connor and Sam up there. How do you make a decision on that heading into this week? Uh, again, we're looking at balance. Uh, you know, so we'll we'll keep moving things around. We can move things around from game to game. We can move things around during the game. Uh, so I think we've what we're trying to find is a group of twelve that can be relentless and you know next line over the boards can put some offensive pressure on too. You rotated in all uh, eight defensemen uh, in the iceberg. Are you planning to do that again this weekend? Well, we'll see. I mean, I think there's a good chance that that could happen. You know, that's as much as Mike's decision as anything else. What he wants to do back there, um, you know, we can get to the point where do we go 11 and 7 some nights, 12 and 6. Uh, we have a lot of flexibility back there. But we're obviously trying to win games, but at the same time bring some young guys along. You mentioned uh, moving forward, switching forwards around a bit during the game. Do you, do you anticipate that as a tactic, or is that just kind of like the fill holes as – well, I think based on performance. I mean, if a couple guys maybe aren't playing as good as we think they can play, you know, we'll throw somebody else up there in that spot and see what they can do. I think our lines are fluid right now. Uh, you know, we have some twos that we, you know, probably want to keep together, but as far as who the third person on the line is, you know, we don't know yet. I mean, Leon hasn't played a game. Uh, he's looked good in practice, and, you know, we'll see what he does once the puck is dropped. You know, same with some other guys. We, we moved our lines around from Friday to Saturday, and the lines are different. Basically, they've been different every day this week in practice, and we'll settle on our lines tomorrow. What do you think, guys? Lucia just pretty much giving the same old, same old there? Yeah, I mean, you kind of know that they're going to tinker with things early on and see what kind of chemistry they have. And there are some guys that are going to be playing, you know, some different roles. It's not like everybody returned from last year. There's, so there's going to be some... Yeah guys that are going to be doing some different things. So, I, you know, I, you kind of expect that. Um, I mean, other than Wilcox, really, I mean, everybody's, you know, there's going to be some new chemistry that it needs to be kind of, whether it's defensive pairings or whether it's a uh, forward line. So not a shock. What do you think, Viggs? Yeah, it definitely sounds like the, the pairs that are going to stick together throughout the season are going to be Rao, Fashing, Clues, Camerata, Boyd, Ambrose, 
and you're not going to see those guys out of lineup unless they're hurt. Um, so I, I think the rest of the spots are kind of up for grabs. Definitely, definitely up for grabs. You know, it's everyone's always curious, but you just kind of have to wait till see what Lucia puts together Friday evening. I mean, that's all we can do. We can we can only predict so much, folks. Well, the thing is, is that nobody's really had a great chance to see Brissett. I mean, you know, an exhibition. You know, you can't. You know, you can't read into that at all. Oh, you and, can't. And, and especially is after their first practice in the morning. Yep. Right. I mean, so you just. <laughs> The reality is, is that it's pretty hard for us to, you know, sit there and make any definitive responses to that when, you know, we haven't seen them together as a group other than two games, and even then, you know, that's not a heck of a lot of a sample size. So, well, uh, we play Bemidji State this weekend, guys, and uh, well, they're not quite the big pushover, you know. They uh, they had a home and home with uh, North Dakota a couple weeks ago, and uh, boy, they woke up. The, the the fighting Sioux up there. Oh, oh, not the Sioux anymore. Sorry. Gosh, forbid I said that. But they went in there and spanked them 5-1 to one and then lost a close one the next night uh, at home there. Uh, you know, if they could do that in Grand Forks, they could easily do something like that here down in Mariucci, guys. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't take them lightly. And you know that they're going to play hard. I mean, mm-hmm. Saratori doesn't usually bring a team in there that's a pushover that doesn't work hard. So you know that you're going to have to, you know, work hard. I mean, obviously from a talent perspective, it's not much of a comparison, but, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen on any given night and you have to bring it both nights and it's early in the season, like we've talked about. And so it's, um, you know, everybody's still kind of feeling their way through different line chemistry and different roles. And, um, you know, I think with, you know, North Dakota, I, I think that their margin for error is kind of small, so I think that, you know, they don't really have a great offensive team. They've got some good defense and um, a good goalie, so I think that when they're not playing their best, I mean, they, they really, I don't think, generally have the firepower to keep up with good teams, so they really kind of have to uh, play kind of a tighter game, and they just didn't do it that first game, apparently. And Viggs, with with uh, the teams that Hackstall has always put out, the beginning of the season is always all over the place. Yeah, it's for some for some reason they can be really inconsistent as they find their stretch, and then by the end of the season they're always a tough out in the playoffs. It's he does a good job of doing whatever he does during the season to get them ready. But uh, I was definitely surprised to see uh, Bemidji State out shoot North Dakota in the first game and and keep it really close in the second game. Um, the things I've been reading about Bemidji is they've got more speed this year than they've had in the past. Um, I don't know if that's going to impact the way they traditionally play against Minnesota, but the one thing is if Minnesota starts making turnovers at the blue lines, if Bemidji's faster, uh, they're not going to be able to catch them like they used to. Well, one thing I do enjoy is if Bemidji does bring a speed game, those are the kind of games I like to watch because they're fun up-and-down games, and typically Minnesota plays very well in those type of games compared to, you know, a game against the Badgers where they're just trying to shut you down the entire time. Well, I mean, that's just kind of how they're built. I mean, we've always, Lucia's always had, you know, defensemen that can join the rush and can carry the puck. And, you know, that's just what he prefers. He, he likes that kind of hockey. And, um, I think it's fan friendly. Certainly, um, people don't like to just kind of sit there and watch systems hockey. I mean, uh, they want to see guys being creative and, pushing the uh, the envelope with the puck and, you know, creating some offense. And 
Um, that's certainly what we tend to like here. And, and I, you know, I think that, um, you know, a lot of times most of these teams, they don't have the same offensive depth as the Gophers. So they, it always seems like they'll try to play that style with us one night. And when it yep. doesn't work out well, then the next night it's like an entire, you know, it's like a 180 degree difference. So like slow it down, try to play tight. You know, they just won't want to try that again because it just doesn't work. So that is very true. We have seen that quite a few times. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, what do you think this weekend? Do you think uh, Bemidji uh, shows up for one of these games, or is it uh, high-flying Minnesota all the way? What do you think, Viggs? I think uh, it's going to be Minnesota all the way with, with all the defensive depth and, and all the skaters they have on the back end. I think you know even if Bemidji tries to play a conservative game, you know Minnesota's going to play that. If it starts to get um, a little more transition hockey, you know again, the defenseman can join the rush and Minnesota can really create the four on three. I don't know if there's a lot of teams in college hockey that have the depth in the back end where they, their guys can jump into the rush all the time. And I think that's kind of the, the new hockey that you're going to see. Um, ever since Lucia has kind of emphasized that, probably starting two, three years ago, uh, you're seeing Minnesota able to get in transition and get those four and three opportunities that a lot of teams can't. What do you think, Hammy? Sweep? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I would be disappointed if we don't. I mean, mm-hmm. the reality is, is that we're a better team than Bemidji. We're at home. Um, there's really no reason why we shouldn't sweep the series. I, I do suspect that one of the games, at least, is going to be pretty tightly contested. And whether it's a, you know, four to three game or a two to one game, I don't know. But I mean, I, I expect that uh, there'll be at least one of those games will be a little bit more tightly contested. And uh, but I expect uh, a go for sweep. Anything else you guys want to talk about this week? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's been kind of quiet early in the season. For, it has been. You know, that, that week off just kind of throws everything off, too. Well, yeah, I mean, for us. But, I mean, it also just, uh, you know, there just hasn't been anything that's really been crazy or, you know, out of the ordinary that's kind of happened. I think that there's some good series that will be this weekend uh, around the country. So it'll be. I think we'll have a little more to talk to you as far as from a – a national perspective, you know, after this weekend, um, you know, with I think St. Cloud's going out to uh, Union, and I just think that there's some good series this weekend. So we'll we'll have a little more to talk to you from a national perspective at that point. Well, what I think is odd already is that you know usually this time of year we have quite a few undefeated teams, and there just isn't many of them this so far this year. You know, Denver's got a couple wins, no losses. You've got Union who's four and zero. Uh, Lowell has a tie, but you know, all in all, it's, uh, it's kind of a quiet year so far. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is that we're still all getting accustomed to the different conference changes, yeah. the different teams. I mean, it's going to take a little while for people to get really amped up. I mean, we, we knew that was going to happen and, uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time for people to, you know, get really into things to that level again. And i you know, whether it's, on the message boards or wherever it is, you know, I think that uh, it's going to take a little while for people to get accustomed to all that uh, change from the last year's few years. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. I still think it kind of sucks, but that's just me being bitter. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you're, you know, <laughs> I think you're out of the ordinary in that. I think a lot of people still kind of feel that way. Yeah. Well, let's keep it short this week, guys. Uh, since there's not much going on, might as well not drag this out any further. 
One one thing for all those uh, Gopher Hockey fans that post in the Got Beer thread, uh, there's a heck of a tap list at Stub and Herbs this weekend because uh, uh. Surly releases their their big Russian Imperial Stout on Saturday, and so Stubborn Herbs always puts together a great list of uh, options on Friday night, and usually that will carry over into Saturday. So I know Campus Pizza is the unofficial sponsor of Gopher <laughs> but Stubborn Herbs is a good spot too, so just a heads up to fans on that. Okay, Vig. So then, what's a good pumpkin beer that you can recommend to me? Then, uh, I have a hard time with uh, pumpkin beers. Um, I do like the Dogfish Head uh, Pumpkin, and it's uh, mainly because it's a. It was one of the first pumpkin beers to start the trend, um, and it's a subtle pumpkin flavor. Um, I think some of the other ones are way over the top. Um, the only bad thing is you are going to have to cross the border to Wisconsin to get it. Ooh, well, why would you want to do that? Yeah, piss on that then. I'll yeah. find something else. <laughs> we got a, it's, it's not a Wisconsin beer. It's just it's not distributed to Minnesota. Ah, we've got a couple little uh, brew houses come, uh, that just popped up in uh, Waconia, which is kind of nice. You know, we've got the Waconia Brewing Company and the Carver County Distillery opening up next month. So we do have things for people out here on the sticks. Yeah, there's one that opened up in Hopkins, too. I can't remember the name. I haven't been in it yet, but uh, I know it's right off of Main Street in Hopkins. They have one. so They're popping up everywhere. Yeah. It's a great time to be a beer lover in Minnesota. <laughs> I'm right in Northeast, so I got all of them right near, right near me here. Yeah, you can walk to half of them, can't you? It's it's about a mile and a half to the to a couple. So. Oh, that might be a little far in the, in the dead of winter. Yeah, it's a good bike ride. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up for this week. Remember, you can always follow Hammy on Twitter at Hammy Hockey, and you can follow Vigo on Twitter at EVigo. Um, we'll be back next week to wrap up this uh, Beaver series and preview the home and home series with those Huskies from St. Cloud. Until then, we'll see you next week. Like the Beavers.